I was gonna say like it's it's a very interesting experience, dude. Like trying to like go up and have people mm -hmm. just yell shit at you. You're just like uh uh, you don't know what to say. And last yeah. last last week, the light was like right in my face, so I couldn't see anybody. Oh man! Like even the people in the front, I was like, oh, I can't see anybody. But yeah, it's a rough time. So I'm gonna see if I can hit all of them, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that is interesting how not being able to see everybody in the crowd can impact your performance because i uh am starting to lose my vision a little bit um just over time and so i i have to wear glasses now in order to see beyond like 10 feet and i Whoa. started having to yeah 10 feet yeah something like that or well i mean i can see beyond that point but in order to be able to see things clearly enough to like Whoa. make them out and uh <clears throat> oh man sorry i'm gonna have to get a lot of uh help i'm high can't yeah. get down help i'm yeah. high can't get down first, yeah first uh first bong hit ever in his entire life how old are you uh 33 wow yeah wow the last time i hit dude it's funny because yeah. the last time i hit a bong with somebody who was that age the, they said i haven't hit one of these in 10 years oh wow and, okay and then i just like oh no it wasn't even him and i just like looked at him and i was like dude i wasn't even smoking 10 years ago that's <laughs> so crazy to yeah. me like like 33 you've seen a lot of shit oh yeah sure yeah i i remember well you're like 22 right i'm 26 or 26 okay yep. but yeah i remember in my 20s thinking that uh you know when you get into your 30s you're old now like that was the way i was conceiving it and and now i'm like yeah it's not you know 30s is still still, still pretty fun yeah it's uh, still in the young i'm zone, losing losing my eyesight and everything but you know <laughs> yeah. it's fun it's everything yeah, yeah exactly but uh but no i was gonna say like i started wearing uh you know glasses because the one night i was doing uh you know my stupid uh jeopardy closer where i need to be able to like see someone in the crowd like saying like responding to something in order for the joke to work and i realized that with my glasses not on i couldn't see like who was shouting out the thing that i need them to say to set up the joke oh no and uh so it, lo it, it would end up looking kind of weird because i just like talked to some random like you know section of the audience because <laughs> i didn't know specifically who was saying the thing um so anyway that's it, you underestimate how important it can be to see everyone in the crowd but yeah. you run into circumstances where it it's necessary yeah, that's interesting. Wow. <clears throat> Do you know why uh, you're losing your eyesight? Like, oh no, it's just general like uh, vi just decline of vision. You know, I, I, I think already. Well, I mean, I, I, no, I, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think it's purely age uh, related. Um, but I, I think uh, in my case, what accelerated it was I uh, used to live in Florida, and when I drive on the interstate, interstate, the pavement would be wet and the sun would reflect off of it and i think it hit hit me in the eyes like so for so many hours a day so many days in a row that it just kind of fucked up my eyesight and since then it's mm. you know gotten blurrier and blurrier mm. um but so i don't think it's purely uh can you see better in like daytime yeah definitely better uh in the daytime than so like nighttime. if like someone's standing 15 feet away from you in the daytime you could see them just as clear but if it was like l mm. later at night, it probably wouldn't look the same. Yeah. Uh, would, you, would you maybe make that assumption or uh, have you tried that? Probably something a little bit like that. I mean, it, it's definitely, it's worse at night, but during the day it would also be difficult beyond a certain Well, the range. reason why I bring this mm -hmm. up is because we were just talking about this at one mm -hmm. of the open mics that I was just at. And somebody was saying that they make glasses for people who work third shift 
because they don't see the sun. Okay. And so it like it like would it fucks with their heads and they can't sleep and shit like that. And so I'm yep. wondering if maybe like, you know, you know, in the light time, like maybe your eyes are like damaged, like where it's like, you know what I mean? Interesting. Where they, Have you had anything yeah. diagnosed? Uh, I don't think I've had anything diagnosed as of yet. It's, it Interesting. Yeah, it, it might be that same that same issue. I'll have to. Especially with the degradation yeah. over time, it definitely sounds like a Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. See, I yeah. used to have an astigmatism when I was younger, and then I grew out of it. Because I gotcha. lost my glasses, and we were too poor, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get any more. Mm-hmm. So, uh, literally, I just had to go without them, and sure. my eyes fixed themselves. Interesting. Yeah, so your vision just kind of naturally adjusted and, yeah. and uh, improved over time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. I mean, you know, the human body can do a lot. Of, I was thinking about that earlier. Like, uh, I like to watch football, and I'm a like a Browns fan. So I was thinking about, you know, Baker Mayfield just got traded to the Panthers, and he has this uh, collarbone injury, which he had surgery on in the offseason. I was thinking, like, how long does it take to, you know, for something like that to repair itself? And, uh, yeah, the human body's pretty resilient. It's amazing that within a few weeks, like, a, a bone can Dude, grow back. that blows my like, mind. Like, that's amazing. I, if I broke, like – conor mcgregor yeah when he broke his fucking leg sure or whatever his uh ankle or whatever he did mm-hmm. like dude i would never fight again like when he like ste- i don't remember what he did he kicked somebody yeah. you remember that yeah he was like he was like out for like a minute people were making sure. fun of him for a while because like you know what i mean they were like because he yeah couldn't yeah look that up just to make sure i'm pretty <laughs> sure he like broke his leg <clears throat> and i was like i would never fight mm-hmm. again if yeah. I shattered my fucking leg. Sure. Um, yeah, I actually, I've got. Um, oh. You watching it? <laughs> Dude, it was like a crazy one, too. Wish I could put it on the screen, huh? Yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but it, it broke, right? Did it say it broke? It, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, yeah. he he didn't right believe me end, for a second. Right at the ankle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he was out for a minute, and I'm like, dude, I would never fight again. Yeah. Like, why would you risk That's, that? No, I watched that fight. Mm-hmm. He finished that fight. Oh. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it must just be, uh, you know, people have like a love for the competition or the sport itself, and so they return for that reason. But yeah, yeah, if you're getting physically Right for the compensation, I mean, like yeah. you know, they get paid a lot of money, but uh, at, yeah, at that point, it, you're probably already a successful. I mean, you're a rich fighter. Yeah. Like, why would you continue to put yourself through harm's way like that? Exactly, I get what you're saying, yep. dude. Uh, so, how long have you been doing comedy for? If you're 33 years old, yeah, I, I started four years ago. Oh, wow. um, or so you're still pretty new. Still pretty new. Um, and uh, I was living in uh, New Jersey at the time uh, across the uh, river from New York City. And uh, I had just finished my uh, master's degree down in Florida. I had moved up there because, or moved up to New Jersey because my uh, girlfriend had uh, found a residency after medical school. Master's degree um, in what? Uh, business administration. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, so anyway, one of the things on my list after I finished my degree and I was done with my job in Florida was uh, I wanted to try stand-up comedy just, you know, just for the fun of it you know i thought i'd do it probably one time and then not really ever do it again um but i went to this uh place in new york city on uh the west side of manhattan and uh did an open mic and it 
went kind of good. So I was like, I think I kind of like this, and I'm going to try it out for a while. And, yeah, that was 2017. Um, so it's been about four and a half years now. Damn. Yep. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nuts, man. It's hard to believe. And uh, but, you didn't do anything during the pandemic or anything? Um, I did uh, a couple of shows here and there. Like uh, I did the first show back at uh, Wiley's. Um, they did, uh, some uh, kind of like charity shows, uh, when Wiley's first came back in June of 2020. And so I did like that weekend, I did, um, I think one or two of those shows. Um, but then, um, I took a pretty substantial break, uh, until really March or April of this year, I started to put some of the shows that I used to run back together and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I uh, I really wanted to go out. I didn't go out at all, but it was one of those things that, like, there was a bunch of people that were going out that yep. were still doing shows here, and I was like, bro, I really want to be a part of that. Cause, oh, like, yeah, and sure. And that's, like, they always talk about, like, the things that you'll regret, like, you right. know, when you're older. Right. That's the one thing that I know that I'm going to forget, like, regret for the rest of my life because, like, sure. like I could have gotten so much growth with just, like, small crowds of, like, no people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just bombing constantly for a whole fucking year just trying to figure shit out. Sure. So then I could have, like, been a much better writer and everything. But, like, now I'm, like, I'm still new enough to where, like, when I walk out on stage and I want to try out new shit... And I get worried because I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work for this crowd. And then I just do the tested material. And then I get off stage and I'm like, well, I didn't get any work done because I just did stuff that's already been fucking finished up. So it's like, what am I doing? Yeah. How do you go about working on new material? Oh, man. Um, These days it's a little tougher because I used to, uh, like, uh, the first time I went on stage, I spent six months prior to that, like, writing uh, material. You know, uh, and like, so and really refined so it shit. and edited it down. I knew exactly what I was going to say the first time I ever went on stage for the whole five minutes, and um, and so I used to use that process. Um, and since then, I've kind of like moved from like writing things down on a pad, like trying to write them out word for word, to like formulating it a little bit, and then writing down bullet points. Um, to now, I'll just like send myself a like a text message or like um uh, like facebook message myself and and um you know send uh ideas that i'm working on uh but yeah the process has evolved pretty significantly now it's it's a lot less meticulous than it used to be oh okay yeah so um like how how long did it take for that transformation to happen um i i mean i i think it just happened organically over a course of uh, the course of a few years and i i don't even i don't even know if it's a positive progression necessarily well yeah that's what i'm saying i just like yeah I just didn't know like how mm-hmm. long it took, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, you right. were working on that for like six months, but you also weren't doing the standup. You weren't doing shows. So it's exactly. Like, you didn't have yeah. all the other shit on the plate. Yeah. And maybe it's a little, uh, like a little bit of complacency kind of starts to set in mm-hmm. where, where you're like, uh, you know, I kind of, I'm going to sort of half wing it a little bit. And I think I know how this is going, which I, I mean, the battles to do that less and less, you mm-hmm. know? Um, because the more disciplined you are, the quicker you'll see results. But I think that's that's part of the equation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like one of the things I've been telling everybody recently. Mm-hmm. Because like they all think that I'm like working so hard and stuff like that. And it's like <laughs> no, I'm not like doing anything really. I'm just like mm-hmm. doing a little bit more than like what some of you guys are doing. And it's sure. like if you just yeah. did a little bit more, 
you know, you probably could see like just as much, if not more success, because a lot of these people yeah. are funnier than me. A lot of these people, you know, have more business savvy than I or more business savvy than I am. So it's like, yeah. you know, if they just, you know, started yeah. going into different avenues, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like still old heads, if that sure. makes sense, where it's yeah. like, yep. they are under the impression that mm -hmm. like they'll go to the funny bone do a five yeah. minute set at an open mic and then someone's going to walk up to them and say hey you're really funny yeah do you want to open for mark norman next week exactly like, yeah. like, I, like dude that's yeah. like literally what i think happens in their heads <laughs> because like yeah. i remember yeah. i ran into this like new comic and uh he just like literally would not understand like because we're like five minutes you get lit it for five minutes yeah and he would just run the light and we're just yeah. like dude what are you doing and he'd be like well i mean i mean these people get to run the light these people get mm -hmm. to do this and it's like first of all no one's letting them do that yeah that's disrespectful <laughs> it's right. like right you're like it's like a respect thing it's like it's not about how much time you just think you deserve or how much you know or like how much material you have to work on it's like you're not eddie yeah. griffin you're not fucking Dave Chappelle, you're not fucking, you know, yeah. all these other guys. It's like you get five minutes, especially when yeah. you start off. A lot of people like aren't funny. I wasn't funny for a really long time. Right. I would be horrified now if I saw like a clone of me right. like, come in to sign up for his first time. I would be like, and he's like, I'm going to do 10 minutes tonight. No, you're yeah. not. I'm going to beat you up. Like, what are you sure. doing? Like you, uh, man, it's one of those things that they just don't i don't know yeah no and i don't fully understand either so it's like yeah i mean i think that a lot of people the way they conceptualize or, or the way they they anticipate that the the process in stand-up comedy is going to go is uh, kind of like you said like they're just going to come up with such you know brilliant <laughs> material and and have such a great delivery that like their talent alone will like <laughs> catapult them to success you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the way it's, they think about it. Oh and they God. think about, you know, running into that person at Funny Bone who's like, you really got this thing, kid, or yeah, whatever. And yeah, he's just like, like some fat yeah, dude with yeah. a hat on. He's like, I really liked your set, son. Here's yeah. $50. Yeah, and uh, and that's kind of the storybook movie version of it, which is not as romantic as the reality, which is, yeah. you know, for most people. And, I, and being still relatively new to it myself, maybe I'm incorrect about this, but it seems like, for most people in it that achieve significant success, it's like 15 to 20 years of like all the headaches and hassles that we mm -hmm. are coming to know as like new comedians mm -hmm. and just dealing with that and just continuing to get better, continuing to take steps forward through all of that adversity. And then eventually you find yourself, you know, in a more sustainable, you know, hopefully financial situation. In, yeah. Financial yeah. place. And yeah. So yeah, I think there's a big gap just like there's a uh, that whole like gap between the way you think things will go on stage and the way they usually go in reality <laughs> like uh, there's a gap happens all the fucking time dude yeah there there's a gap in understanding between like what the pipeline and process is for succeeding in comedy comedy uh in theory versus what it is in reality basically yeah mm -hmm. dude because i mean there have been many times where like ridge and i will be like dude i killed mm -hmm. it and then we'll send each other our sets and then we're like all right maybe we didn't kill it, we killed it to that front three yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. there's only three people that laugh yeah and 
And that's like that's also dis- very disheartening sometimes because you're like you'll get off stage and you're like oh dude someone finally laughed at a joke that I was working on and then like you'll yeah. go out and you're like oh literally only one person laughed like fuck like sure, <laughs> sure. like this sucks. and you and you don't know the reason why they if it, if it's a situation where you're trying to gauge oh, the viability yeah. of a joke off of like audience response and you hear that one laugh and you're like oh maybe that's an indicator. Like there's something here, or it could it, be they're it just laughing. Could at also you. exactly. So that's that's the difficult thing to figure out. It's almost like you're uh, just playing your own interpretation. And if you happen to think like, oh, it seems like that was a laugh of approval, yeah, then it maybe it's worth trying that. Well, it's always worth trying it a few more times. But dude, you know? but wouldn't it be crazy if like, what if that's how like mm-hmm. it worked? Like, what if someone did that and it worked for them every time? Like people were laughing at them. Yeah, and so they thought that it worked, and so because they did the exact same thing and everything, yeah. people are laughing at like the embarrassment or whatever, and they think they're like, I've, I've, is there, is there any comedians yes, that are like that? There's a comedian who is like that. Oh, I can't say, but it's, <laughs> no, I can't say. We can, we can say after the podcast. I, I, yeah, I can't say who it is, but uh, but there is a comedian that I'm familiar with that um essentially do, uh, does that, but. But I was having a conversation, um, you know, with uh, another uh, comic friend of mine one time, and we were like, "Yeah, but I mean, he's still succeeding uh, uh, in the technical sense, you yeah, know? in terms of what you know objective metric there is to gauge <laughs> like someone's level of performance, money, yeah, getting shows, fucking, you know, exactly." And uh, so, Dude, so nuts. yeah, there is a, a comedian I know who like uh, there uh, it it. I mean, my impression is that people may be laughing more so at the person, but I don't know if that's like a bad thing if you're if you're succeeding. Yeah. You know, if you're getting laughs, I mean, that's that's the name of the that's game. Crazy. So I didn't um, think that there was like, I yeah, like that. And he might it might be I, I don't I don't know if it's I mean are I, they aware? Or? Um, that's that's what I'm not totally certain about. I mean, I I uh, I think this person's like awesome and everything, so I I support them either way but yeah yeah, yeah yeah i i don't know if um it's intentional or if it just kind of happens organically and there and there's like a recognition on their part like well it's working this way yeah. so you know so i don't know if it's i don't know how conscious conscious it is um but uh i don't, i think the weed's starting to kick in a little bit too. <laughs> i'm like this, I, I've been trying to string together sentences the last uh, last couple. He's like the last questions. hour and a half. He's like it's Kevin. A, we've been doing this for two minutes. It's such a weird experience, man. I uh, I'm like I'm floating to Saturn in a sailboat, and Dude. I'm uh, at the same time my throat is on fire. You know, yeah. it's like a weird. That's the thruster. Like, ex- exactly. The, that's yeah. The thruster that's pushing your brain that's into the different. That's what's systems. doing it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's helping with my uh, tremors a little bit. I have like a tremor condition. Oh, and wow. so it's actually it's helping a little bit. Wow, it feels kind of good. Oh, that's awesome. This this wow, you nice. guys. This we're just curing everything. He was like <laughs> yeah. he was like guys. I he was like I had long COVID. Yeah. And I haven't been able to smell anything since December. And I think that that just brought some of my smell back. That's I, I really think it did. I I coughed so hard that I think it like. Active, activated something like my olfactory dude, bulb that, or something like that. It just like came online. Dude, this is slowly turning into the podcast of science. It's it's, <laughs> it's gaining a science element. La- to last it, yeah. last week we had a, or last time we had a dietitian on and a mm-hmm. nutritionist or whatever, and so we're just turning into science. This is what is happening. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll is, take it. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's crazy. 
I I would say that that didn't work for me. I feel like people when they laughed at me in the beginning, it uh, yeah, I was like, I knew it, and I was like, well, this sucks. Like, how am I gonna fix sure. this? And then that pandemic break actually helped. Yeah, because I had a chance to kind of like watch some other comedians because like I wasn't spending a lot of time watching comedy because yeah. one of my problems that I have is that I do. Uh, like growing up and stuff like that. I did a lot of like impersonations and stuff like that. So my fear always is like, I'm going to watch somebody and I'm either going to like accidentally like parallel, write a joke that's like theirs, or I'm just going to steal their cadence. You know what I mean? Or like their the way they deliver their lines or whatever. Yeah. It's I'm very impressionable. So it's like, I am afraid of watching people who are really good because it's like, I'm afraid I'm going to start doing that. And I know that some people, they have like, oh, he's like a Louis C.K. baby, or he looks like, or he's talking a lot like Dave Attell, or he tells jokes like this person. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to avoid, you know, that on accident. Like, I'm, you know, or like, you know, I'm not trying to do that, like, unconsciously. And then people say something like that about that. So I just want to make sure that, like, I'm doing my own comedy. And so it's like a push and pull when it comes to like watching comedy for me yeah it, you watch a lot of comedy um i watch a lot more than i used to i before yeah. i started doing stand-up i actually actually didn't watch it very often i i used to watch um you know some of the stand-up uh specials that they show on comedy central and i think that was the first time a seed got planted where i was like maybe someday i want to like give that a shot um but otherwise i mean i didn't really watch a whole lot of comedy before i started doing stand up now i watch it a lot obviously being at shows uh with other yeah. comics um but then in addition like if i see like a new special on you know netflix or like amazon or something i'll take an interest in it so um but that is so th- i think there's two schools of thought and i've talked uh to my friend chris about this in terms of um you know avoiding the parallel thinking thing i or cryptomnesia, I guess more accurately, you right, can so either. What was that word? Uh, cryptomnesia. Um, so it's like uh, it's the notion of uh, like ideas entering your brain that were actually inspired or or uh, gathered from somewhere else. Okay. But by the time you remember it again, it uh, you conceptualize it as if it was your own uh, idea. Okay. Um, so that's what cryptomnesia is essentially. One of the big challenges, you know as stand-ups is that we're trying to avoid that because we don't want to do the inadvertent parallel thinking thing or inadvertently take material. Yeah. Um, and of course you don't want to do it on purpose. Um, and uh, so the two schools of thought are you can either watch as much comedy as you can consume and through that identify all of the subjects that are being talked about and therefore like better identify your own like unique lane um, or uh, like you've talked about, avoid it altogether. Um, and then you won't be inadvertently absorbing things that you may accidentally spit back out later so, on. So the other, mm-hmm. so the only other option for me, cause I mean, I yeah. watch it here and there. Like I watch like Mark Norman or Sam Morrell or yep. Andrew Schultz shit, you know, whenever sure. they're posting shit and everything. But like, uh, the only other option is to just watch way more yeah it's a zero, it's kind of a zero sum game it's either like you watch none or you watch all of it i think that's, that's so crazy that, yeah i think those are like the only options to to be optimally effective at avoiding uh you know uh crypto and parallel thinking and all of those those things that's nuts um yeah 
Yeah, so I, I think, but uh, but then again, if you take a, a moderated sort of like middle ground a- approach, you'll just have to be more diligent in, in your writing process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, what, I, what I've been doing is I'll put my jokes on um, uh, our stand-up workshop, uh, the, like the Reddit thread. Okay. Um, and then uh, it's a group of other comedians that will take a look at your jokes. They'll give you feedback on the jokes, but they'll also let you know if they've seen that before. Okay. And so that way you can be sure that you're avoiding, you know, parallel thinking or, okay. or the cryptomnesia thing. Um, it's uh, our st- stand-up workshop, I think. Nice. Um, and that's, a, that's kind of an effective way if you go to, like, online forums and, like, try and find a community of other comics, to, which it's easier to do virtually because in person, you know, nobody wants to, like, run bits by – like, we all yeah. get embarrassed to do that. Although I, I like it when other comics do that, and I'll, you know, run bits back. Um, but a lot of comics get annoyed because they're like, we're working on stand-up all the time, so, like, let's yeah. not um, – but virtually, uh, you know, it's a virtual community, and so it's like more formal. It's like people, uh, comics coming here specifically to, um, you know, uh, help each other, help each other out, run bits, you know, avoid parallel, parallel thinking, all that stuff. Do you guys have anything like? Uh, so you're in Dayton right now. Is that where yeah. you're at? Like, currently? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm mainly based out of the Dayton scene. That's um, you know, kind of when I came back to Ohio, that's where I first started to get back into stand-up um i i live in middletown so i'm technically like kind of in between the two scenes geographically uh, but i consider myself like kind of more of a dayton comic just because most of the comics i affiliate with with are from dayton and i love wiley's and all, all right. those places do obviously you guys do like a like a, a comic workshop over there at all there there used to be a comics hang um at wiley's after uh, or before sunday comics um on sundays around like 5 p.m uh, they'd have a thing where like all the comics could come and like run bits with each other and just like kind of hang out. Um, but I, I don't think that there's, um, and I don't think, I don't think there are currently any like writing groups or anything like that. Um, active, but, uh, those are certainly, I mean, I think they're great ideas. Yeah. You know? Cause I was going to say, uh, we went to one in Cincy, they, they, their feedback mm-hmm. mic at go bananas and, it was like pretty informative, honestly. Like it was, yeah. Like, especially yeah. when you get into a room with people who have been writing for so long, yeah. And who have like at least their own style of writing or like their mm-hmm. method of writing, and it's like they're just like quick. They're so quick because they like have their path. And I feel like as a new yeah. comic, you know, that's like what you're trying to find is like you know how you know how what kind of writer am I? It's really like what it yeah. comes down to, you know what I mean? Because like you're just saying what you're writing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're trying to sometimes you'll you know improv it off the top of your head, but eventually it gets written down on paper, and then you say the exact same thing again. That's very true. Um, yeah. So I guess it's a uh, um, dude. I'm like I'm super high right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like struggling. Uh, <laughs> I can watch him battling all of his demons right now. This is awesome. Yeah. What was the question again, man? Uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. We were talking about like feedback mics, mm-hmm. and I said that the one in, at Go Bananas was really good. And mm-hmm. I was just saying that like as yeah. a new comic, it's just harder because like you know you're trying to find out you know what kind of style of writer you are because you know we all have different yeah. styles of comedy, and uh, like you know it all boils down to different styles of like writing. I feel like, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think you're right, man. Like you're uh, you're trying to find your voice. You're trying to find out what your kind of unique lane is simultaneously because those two things are intertwined. Like you're trying to refine all these parts about you know your process and and um, you know what you want to 
proprietarily bring to the table. And, um, yeah, it takes a long time, like, uh, figuring that out, I think. And that's, that's the transition from like the stage that we're at to like, hopefully, you know, headliner yeah. at some point down the road is yeah. just undergoing that transformation. I was talking to, uh, like Austin and he was yeah. telling me about how, like, like even like the, you have like all these different levels mm -hmm. of like comedians and yeah. like even within those levels you'll have like different levels of those specific comedians so like you have your like open micer yeah and you have your like your local shows like that you're getting booked on local shows with your friends and stuff like that yeah then you start getting into host where it's like and then there's like that's when like there's multiple levels of hosts where it's yeah. like okay you're a bad host you're pretty good host you're mm -hmm. a fucking awesome host yeah. and like depending on like where you are in those different levels and depending on what other comedians are coming in mm -hmm. so he was like explaining to me that like you know you might be like a fucking fire ass feature act yeah but now dave Chappelle comes into town and he has a guy who's featuring for him now you become a fire host act like, yeah. you know what i mean so it's just like depending on like who's in the vicinity what you know yeah. there's like different hierarchies like in like terms of like you know what you're doing you know who's doing more time than you and i feel like yeah. that's why that's like a like i was talking about with that newer comic you know who's like running the lights all the time it's like you know it is a respect thing it's yeah. like yeah these people are like i always tell people this because i work at the funny bone i see so many people that come through and yeah. i don't see any difference between me and them but mm -hmm. I also see that they have put in 15, 20 years more than me, you know, right. 25, 30 years. So it's like, there is a level of respect that they deserve when it comes to, it's like, you know what I mean? If we were both yeah. doing a show and Dave Chappelle popped in and he's like, you know, and I was like mm -hmm. 15 minutes and they were like, Hey, like Dave's here. We're going to give him 10 of your minutes. What am I yep. going to do? Am I going to be like, no, I'm going to do the 15. He right. can do five. Like, I mean, that's a little rude. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, I could, you could argue that it would be rude for him to do that. But like, at the same time, it's like, you have to understand it's like, you're a growing comic. And it's yeah. like to even be on a show with like people who are even like harder hitters, harder hitters than you is like amazing. Like, yeah, I love doing shows with Jake, Jake and Arena. Yeah. Because like, he's like, is fucking fire he just like lights up the room and he's so energetic and you yep. know he's been doing it for fucking years you know i would never be like i deserve more time than jake you know what i mean right. i would never do that right because it's like who the fuck am i i'm a fucking open micer mm -hmm. barely getting shows here and there it's like you don't deserve fucking shit dude chill yeah yeah there's there's always something to be said for paying your dues you know like in any endeavor you know and sort of paying homage to the generations that have come before you and maybe there's just kind of a like an abandonment of that tradition like with younger generations to a certain degree Dude, where like pe sure. people coming up are kind of like well but i'm awesome so i i'm automatically entitled well, to the age of the internet like, dude. yeah it's really what it yeah. is it's like i can post fucking yeah. five videos one blows up and now i'm like yeah know, two million followers deep and it's like yeah that happens to some people and they see yeah. that and it's like don't get me wrong 
I grew, I like when I was like born, I was in 95. So I was like in that transitional period where it was like yeah. still old school. And then we like, just like switched to new school. So it's like, yep. I started seeing people just start blowing up and I was like, mm -hmm. whoa, this could be like the next thing. But then it's like, as time like goes on, you realize it's like, oh, this is like not everybody thing. This is like a happens every once in a while. Yeah. You know, it's very rare. And now there's like, you know, tricks of the trade that you can like do to go viral. But it's like, yeah, still, it's not everybody. <laughs> because if it was, then everybody would have 8 billion followers. Yeah. Maybe that the whole social media proliferation thing um, explains why uh, there's a lack of respect for like the ogs and like older generations because they're not there right they're not on the internet and so uh, like Whoa. younger people coming up automatically uh, i like link that with irrelevance like they're not participating in in the internet but then they also go oh uh, yeah sure well this guy's been doing comedy for 20 years and maybe he's got such and such credits but like this lady on tiktok has a million views you know so it's like this like constant just like competition and like cannibalization of like one of other content that creators these, and stuff that these people mm -hmm. are like getting spots at clubs right and stuff too right. it doesn't help like that's yep. like oh this girl and her dog who just do like little comedy videos on tiktok somehow they have two night show on a friday at some comedy club you know i'm not right. saying that that has happened but like right as an example you know hypothetical yep. example like it's stuff like that you know what i mean it's like yeah because they can sell tickets now so it's like we are going away from like in like at least in the business scheme away from like you know true comedy but i feel like yeah you know eventually we'll find something i think that like as comedians i think it's our responsibility if we want something like mm -hmm. we want like more time or whatever then we should build it or we should do it it's like what does everybody yeah. always say when you want more time get your own room yeah get your own room it's like you want to do 10 minutes host your own open mic you know what i mean like do yeah. five minutes off the top two minutes here and there in between like you know 20 comics boom 10 minutes get yeah. your own fucking room and yeah. it's just like that's what you have to do you just have to like build shit and that's what we were talking about earlier it's like if you just yeah. do a little bit more yep you know what i mean you'll just see way more results and whatever yeah. you're trying to do podcast you know comedy yeah fucking you know i don't fucking know uh fucking eating food you want to fit more food in your mouth boom yeah like put more food in your mouth do it yeah no <laughs> i don't fucking know dude <laughs> but no i i agree with you i think it should be about building something because that means that there's always something new to be excited about yeah you know like there's a vision there and you're trying to execute it and every step along is is going to be exciting but you've got something to constantly refer back to um yeah, so I, I think um, I think that's always a great thing. I mean, running your own rooms as a new comic is really uh, informative, and like you get that initial hosting experience and all that. How do um, you run a few rooms? Yeah, yeah. So down in the Dayton area, I do um, uh, Franklin Tavern, which is uh, um, every Monday and then um, every other Saturday. Um, I do uh, that show, and then. Um, uh, I have one at Bach Family Brewing, which I think you're doing uh, later this 29th, month. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom. yeah. Plug. It's gonna, gonna be awesome. I, I'll be uh, out of town, but uh, my I noticed roommate that. John, I saw your little yeah. your little uh, oh the t the t shirt is that a real t shirt? No, that, no, okay, that was that thought. was a totally uh, Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah, yeah. I, fi I figured, but I saw <laughs> that the 29th you weren't gonna be there, and I was like, 
That little motherfucker. He's yeah, at the on a show. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna be out of town. I'll just get Eddie. Well, uh, well, I, I did. So I, initially, I was gonna be um, at Bach Family Brewing, but then um, I, the Midwest Comedy Tour dates came up. Oh, okay. Um, for late July, and and so I was like, Yeah, I'll find someone to you know because yeah, I, I want to head out there with them. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's still gonna be a fun one, and and you'll uh, have a, a good time meeting gonna, uh, the folks down there. Yeah, and, I was gonna say um, there's a bunch of people that I have not met, so I'm gonna be yeah. hyped to meet some of the new, you know, some other Dayton people. Definitely, man. Definitely. Yeah, because I met uh, who was it? Deontay. I think he's Dayton. Oh yeah, yeah. Met yeah. him. He, yep. I did a show with him at uh, the Dolphin Lounge. So I think is. Is Rufio Dayton or is he Columbus? I don't remember. I think he's a Columbus guy. Yeah, okay. I don't like, yeah. I just like started seeing him after the Dolphin Lounge. Like, sure. I had heard of sure. him, but like I'd never seen him. And right. then I, after the Dolphin Lounge, I was like seen him like four or five times now. And I'm like, that's crazy. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, I met Deontay at the Dolphin Lounge. So I think that's the only like Dayton comic that I've really. Wait, is Caleb Lee from there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah Caleb's so a Dayton two. guy. Yeah, okay. So I met two or three. That's awesome. Yeah, so I can't wait. It's exciting. I yeah, want to start yeah. getting into those scenes a little bit more because I know that they do that Sunday Wiley's like open uh, mic. Thing yeah, Sunday comics. Yeah, yep. yeah. I need to like get into that. I emailed them once, but like I just like was like busy after that, and they never emailed me back. So I was just, like, I'll just get to them some other time. I don't know. Sure, sure. No, I I know what you mean, man. But um, yeah, you should come down more often and do um, you know some of the the shows that I've got going in the area because in addition to Bach Brewing, there's also like JD Legends, and then um, Barrel of Laughs is like kind of like uh, quarterly now. It's like every three months. Oh, hell yeah. And then we'll have the stuff coming up at, at Bricky. So we're kind of trying to create a whole like uh, farming system, like for comedy uh, down Dude, in that, that area, uh, just for the Dayton scene. That's what I and, like uh, want to get going here, but I just yeah. don't want to run any of it. Sure. So sure. Like, that's like, so I'm just like yeah. trying to find people who I know would be really good at it. And I'm like, and like you know, eventually, if you know, it builds up into like what I think it could be, then you could just leave and just sure. have somebody else run it. But like, I just don't want to be that guy who starts everything because I also sure. feel like you know I have a lot of ideas that I'm trying to get going, but I also just want to be able to go to more mics. So that would be really nice if I could just right hop in and do some more open mics, maybe do some more shows. Because yeah, we do need more showcases. But mm -hmm. honestly, I just think that we need more time just to get on stage for a lot of our newer comics because it takes right. so long you know if you work a full-time job you miss like two nights out of the week now you yep. can only do thursday and friday for let, let's say and now there's only one mic on each day so now you're only doing 10 minutes a week as opposed yeah. to maybe doing 15 each night you know what i mean yeah like hitting three a night or something like that yeah and if if you're really invested in building it and you decide to try and make an impact on that side of things and you end up sacrificing your ability to focus purely on your own comedy so i see what you're saying there that's yeah. kind of the trade-off you're you're yeah. you're considering yeah um and it makes more sense at this juncture which because you can always start building later on if you get to a place True, yeah. where you know you you feel comfortable with um you know your progression as a comedian then you can say like Okay, I'm I'm happy here. I have a process, and now I can take on the second, uh, you know, endeavor of of also building something. Yeah. Um, in terms of a, a comedy kind of infrastructure. Um, how long was it before you started a room? Uh oh man. Uh, I think it was like five months. 
Whoa. Yeah. I yeah, I did it a little bit soon and there were I had just literally just entered the Dayton comedy scene like a couple weeks before that. And so there were some like there were some <laughs> You uh, just like, fucking showed up and you're like, Hey guys, yeah. I'm a new comic, got a new room and there was like who are you? Yeah, <laughs> and uh so there were a few like like uh, you know, OGs and like, you know, people I, I'm like good friends with now who I, I think like initially were like um, a little skeptical because they were like, this is way too, way too soon. I think I was pretty upfront about the fact that I was only a few months in into comedy. But yeah, I moved back to Ohio. I had only been doing stand up for about six months. And I was like, I think, um, yeah, five or six months. And um, I went and did a set at Wiley's and did some of the local open mics. And I was like, I think I want to set up a show, you know, and just learn how that process works and so i i approached uh the barrel in springboro which is close to you know my hometown of franklin um talked to them and then uh booked that room and that was the first time i ever hosted too damn mm -hmm. so well i mean that's like good though because it's mm -hmm. like at least in the very beginning you got like you were thrown in the fire yeah at least you threw yourself in the fire like right away so that's good yeah but i will say there, there's a comic that I know who is trying to start a room and has maybe been on stage once. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe twice. Yeah. I love the guy. I love sure. the guy. And I want him to go on stage. Oh, we, uh, we sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to say any names or yeah. where their location is. But I, when he told me that he was starting a room, I was like, what? Yeah. I was like, dude. Like, and, and the thing is, is I, like... And you can ask every single person who's ever come up to me. I'm a very supportive person. I'll talk shit to you. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. like, I'm a very supportive person. But when yeah. I see something that like, and it's not even a bad idea. It's just that you're, you're, you haven't put enough thought into it. Yeah. Because like, you know, I have, you know, all these new comics. Cause like, I like try to befriend all of them because I think it's important as a new comic to have mm -hmm. people who, you know, are a little bit above you. And they'll like ask me all these questions and mm -hmm. just reading the question, I can tell that it's coming from a place of like ignorance. Like, oh, sure. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's because like they think that that's something that should be available. Like we were talking about, like you should just get 10 minutes automatically. It's like, they think that like yeah. this thing should just be available for them. And I was like, you just need to get more time on stage right now. Like yeah. that should be like yeah. your most focus is just getting more stage time. I mean, you did that by starting your own room, but at mm -hmm. the same time, you were going up before that. It sure, wasn't like your sure. fucking second yeah. or third time on stage. It was, yeah. you know what I mean? You've been doing it for a few months. That can, yeah, that can always go one of two ways when someone who's brand new starts a room. It can either be a total and complete disaster that like ruins the venue for comedy for mm -hmm. the foreseeable future, or it can be one of those things that just kind of serendipitously like goes well, even though the yeah. people are inexperienced. Maybe they're like in certain instances because of the inexperience, they're like trying a little harder to like cross the T's and dot the I's and do the due diligence. So then maybe it works out that way. I hope. Yeah. Um, hopefully, <laughs> you're right. But, but I unfortunately the sample size would be like too small to to figure out like the probability of. Uh, either of those outcomes yeah you know? yeah, yeah so well and mine yeah. mine isn't even seeing that wasn't even a thing that i thought about i wasn't sure. even thinking about the venue like dropping it because like you know sure you know whatever but like i was yeah. just more like thinking about like for them like yeah just like embarrassment yeah. or like you know whatever type of like emotional damage might come with like yeah. doing something yeah. when you're not when you're not you're not ready yeah 
You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't take 30 minutes right now. If somebody offered me 30 minutes, I wouldn't right. take it. I would tell them, like, hey, like, I can do, like, maybe 15. Like, we can probably give somebody else, like, we could split up the other 15 if we need to or something like that. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, that's just something I know I couldn't do right now. And I yeah. don't think that I deserve that either. Like, you know what I mean? So, sure. It's sure. like one of those things that, I, I, I think I should start a room. Like, I mm-hmm. think that that's something that I should be doing right now. As a sure. three-year comic who's, like, you know, wanting more time and everything, that's something that I should be doing. Yeah. But at the same time, when I see somebody who's like, uh, maybe you should wait just a little bit longer. Like, right. like, just hit the stage a few more times. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's a balancing act because you, to a certain degree, know what you're capable of and what you're ready for. Um, but then on the other hand, like, it is important to listen to like those detractors and like kind of sometimes voices of reason, you know, that have been there for a long time. And then you just kind of calibrate it and figure out, you know, like where in the middle you are, you know, um, in terms of that, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm still pretty high. No, No, I was going to say, dude, like, I feel like, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times would you say you went up before you started your room? Uh, if you were doing it for five months, did you hit yeah. it pretty hard when you started? Definitely. The really? first, yeah, like the first uh, two months, I think I went pretty hard. I did it that first night, thought I was never going to do it again. And then after the set was over, I was like, I definitely want to do this more. Like, I want to give this more of a shot. And so I think it was only a few days before I went up again. And then I started going up like every night, everywhere I could find. Um, I would do between New York City and New Jersey. I'd do like maybe six or seven mics a night sometimes. Six or seven. Six a or night. seven. Yeah, yeah. And I would. I did that for like um, you know probably two or three months, and then I kind of backed off a little bit when I was getting ready to move back to Ohio, just because I was getting busy with other stuff. Um, and then uh, moved back to Ohio. How much time yeah. are you getting at these mics? Uh, oh, sometimes it was like three minutes. So, be- so yeah. even, but even at three minutes times five mics that's still 15 minutes a night yeah and that's on the low side so it's like if all of them were three and you were doing six yeah wow eight wow yeah it was crazy yeah damn that was yeah very soon i this is a little embarrassing but i arrived to um new jersey with a pretty substantial amount in savings and from the job i'd done in florida and i lost uh, like i lost so much of that so quickly because I was in traveling to do open mics so much, I wasn't paying attention to my cost. And so I'd have to like hop on the subway and like then get on a bus and then take a taxi and that adds up. And then you have a couple of beers at the show or whatever. And so I was just so concerned with like getting more stage time and just going after it that I just like threw caution to the wind in terms of my own financial circumstance and lost a shit ton of money. Yo, that's like the where process I'm at right now. Sure. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Cause like now is like the time that I've like, when I first started, I hit it hard. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. kind of like what you're saying. Uh, like we get like a little bit more time here. We don't have, you know, a lot of comments right. like that, right. like that go to all of the mics, but like, I was hitting like two or three a night, like mm-hmm. back in the day when they were like pretty, like we had like one on Mondays, two on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. two or three on Wednesdays, two or three on fucking Thursdays. Like it was yeah. like a fire ass week. Yeah. And I was like the exact same way, but I sure. wasn't getting the same amount of work. Like the amount of work that I was getting done then yeah. is not the same. Like I could do f- fucking 10 minutes in a week yeah. now and get way more work done than I was doing yeah. all week 
when I first started. You were yeah, you weren't as efficient, <coughs> efficient or productive at the beginning. Oh yeah, I was garbage, yep. dude. I, I, I was fucking garbage, dude. I was like sure, literally, sure. you know, I'm not I'm not like the worst comic now, but mm-hmm. like I was probably pretty damn close, like before so what was your process at the beginning and how has has it changed um i don't know exactly i think i think now the difference is uh before and uh, i talked to one of my comic friends about this often but he always Mm -hmm. he always says from his perspective it always seemed like i was doing what i thought comedians were supposed to be doing okay if that makes sense yeah as opposed to like actually like figuring out oh like this is what a joke is this is like how to get a laugh. Like I was just like talking, like it was just like a monologue and I wasn't, you know, I was working at the funny bone. I worked at the funny bone for so long. I was seeing all these people who already had millions of followers already had thousands of people who would just come out to see them on a whim, you know, Oh shit. Dave Chappelle's going to be here tonight. I'll be there tonight. Like I didn't know that was happening. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I see all these people and they'll just go on stage and they'll say random shit. Yeah. And it gets laughs and it won't even be funny. Sure. And you know what I mean? Sure. Half the times it's like naughty. It like, it, it's just like everyone's hyped to see mm-hmm. this person. And so like, I feel like when I first went on stage, I felt like that that's what I was doing. I was just like going on stage and I was yeah. just saying filler shit and thinking yeah. that I was going to somehow get like laughs and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I will say this though. I haven't like really gone back and listened to those first sets. I, uh, somebody told me very early on to record them all. So I did. So good for yeah. them. Cause I did that. <laughs> So I'll go back eventually, but, uh, the mom is a pirate joke that I did at the funny bone. Yeah. That's the only joke that I at least can, I can remember for right now. That's the only one that I like kind of made up in the beginning Yeah, and then made it into like a real thing, like after the pandemic. Interesting, man. So, so at the beginning, did you think it was going to be more about like beat and rhythm kind of then? I don't like, know. It was, I, it, I don't know. There's just like a structure. Silly. Kind of? Okay. I was okay, like, I, I was trying to be like, you know, I was talking about dumb, stupid shit, like cheese, like, you know, like <laughs> I was eating cheese and found cheese on me like the next day. Like it it's was actually pretty funny. Yeah. kind of like y- it. You know what? Like, <laughs> maybe who knows? Maybe I could make it work now, but like, yeah, yeah. but like, I don't know. I didn't have, I didn't have joke structure, word economy out the window. Yeah. Like, I think that might've been my biggest issue is maybe I just didn't have word economy because okay. like, who knows? Maybe that could be a funny thing if you say it correctly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so maybe the story is too long and I didn't understand that at first. Like, oh, you can't tell yeah. a two minute story and then expect to then get a laugh. Like people are going to be bored and not want to listen to you anymore. So it's like, right. You got to right. be quicker about it. You know, you got to be quicker to getting a laugh. You got to be quicker to grabbing attention and all that stuff. I didn't know all that shit before. Yeah, I mean, maybe I did, but I just wasn't practicing it. Yeah, so it's like the whole uh, brevity uh, is the soul of weight concept, I guess. Where like over time, you you start to like focus more on economy of words because at the beginning, there's there's not that understanding that if you cannot waste words, like whatever concept you're trying to get across is going to be that much more effective. Yeah. So like your thinking on it just kind of evolves over time, and then your process follows follows that. Yeah. So, so you were doing all those open mics and you said you did pretty well in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I, I mean, well for, for like, like new, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I think the reason why was almost because like, 
uh, and may, uh, like maybe it was a little that they felt bad for me because I like it was my first few times. But the crowds were really, really nice and receptive. The the first probably three times I did stand up, and I was like, oh man, this is like a piece of cake. Like you know, th- this will be no problem. Just go every night and you'll be dealing with people like this. And then I think I bombed like like four or five times in a row, and I was like, uh, okay, um, yeah, this is uh, this is actually pretty hard. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, I, that's kind of how it went. And then there was one time it went so poorly one night that I literally just quit for three weeks and Whoa. and decided I wasn't going to do it anymore. And then I started to get that that bug, and I was like, that's I gotta crazy. get back out there. Dude, so I have. You know, like I like you know this is like that's just you mm-hmm. or whatever but like mm-hmm. dude I've never had that that's awesome I've I've literally bombed so hard like there have been times like don't get me wrong there have been times where I'd gone home and been like this is probably not going to be mm-hmm. the thing this is probably not going to be it you know what yeah I mean? but then I always still go back and I always yeah. like you know what I mean and I, like. And the only time I've ever taken time off like that was, you know, pandemic or like, you know, something like financials coming up. So now I have to like work super extra or I just got to miss all the mics or whatever. So, yeah, because I I haven't even started getting shows until probably November ish. Okay. Of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So I'm like, like very new to getting shows. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot to be said for um, that determination and like, you know, attitude to be, you know, stick to about it. Um, I, I think that for me, that's developed a little more over time. Like maybe now I have thicker skin. Yeah. And like, uh, I, I think no matter how hard I bombed at a show, I would pro- I probably wouldn't be like, I'm going to quit now. Yeah. Um, but at, at the beginning, um, I was super sensitive about it. And uh, yeah, oh, really? it went really, yeah. If, yeah, if it went, uh, I, I mean, I, I guess it got a little bit better, um, you know, after a fairly short period of time. But, but yeah, if it went really bad, I would reconsider the whole thing in like the early first like few wow. few weeks. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there have been times where I've I've like seen people like cry. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Bomb. And, I, and I feel yeah. so bad because it's like, dude. I mean, and it sucks to say this is there's always tomorrow, dude. Like, yeah, literally. Yeah, like. You know what I mean? And yep. as, a, as a person, as a white comedian, a white straight comedian, <laughs> trust me, you bomb in life way more <laughs> nowadays than you like ever did in the past. So it's like, <laughs> like I feel like I get a lot more, I, I bomb in life a lot more now, you know, just because, you know, of sure my personality or just who I am. And it's just like, you just got to get up. People aren't going to like you. You just got to, yeah. you know, you're going to work with people you don't like. You're going to see people you don't like there's gonna yeah. be somebody at the grocery store who's just gonna say something to you because they feel some sort of way it's like right same thing on stage you just gotta yeah as long as they're not attacking you you know you just keep that away keep definitely away. have you ever been attacked on stage uh, i had uh one instance uh oh yeah i i Is had that recent uh, no this was a while ago okay um this was like uh in the very beginning in new jersey but i was doing um a mic at this place. I think it was called the boiler room. And I want to say it's like out, it. outside yeah. Hackensack or something. And, uh, it, you know, this <laughs> tiny little like a dive bar basically. And there was a guy who kept heckling throughout the thing. And he kept saying he was going to get on stage. And so when I finally got, uh, and he wasn't actually signing up for the mic. So everybody was getting a little frustrated with that. And so when I got up there, I made some sort of a wisecrack that, that like, 
uh, involved his penis or something like I was I said he implied he had a small penis uh-huh. <laughs> um, and he got super mad and so he ran up on stage and tried to whip his dong out and like touch it to uh, it was weird man it was Whoa, it was crazy crazy and so luckily another uh, like I, I was like I think I'm gonna have to punch this guy in order to avoid that happening but then luckily a, another couple of comics came up and together we kind of d- deterred him basically but <laughs> but uh, that was your dick out dude yeah, that was that was you know to some extent that was an attack i guess damn but yeah that was that was crazy really quick ridge yep. uh if you check the side pockets of the bag you might be able to find the uh, ca- uh battery <laughs> but dude nice yeah. battery died but we're back here yep. we are i don't remember what we we're talking about but it was important. i don't either yeah uh Probably. oh we were talking about being attacked on stage oh yeah have yeah. you been attacked on stage i have not yep. been attacked on stage but that's like always been a fear of mine okay yeah Gotcha. Especially, <laughs> that's, like, especially that's nowadays, it's like, like I've always just been like, you know, because I'm always afraid of working on material just because it's like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you want to talk about or whatever you want to yeah. try. And it's like, you know, a lot of people just like, don't like that stuff. And it's like, even now it's like hard, even about abortion or anything. It's like, not, you don't even have to be talking about race now. It's like anything. It's like, it, yeah. you're going to get heckled by some person in the crowd doesn't matter which side and depending yeah. on what you say to them couldn't piss them off and make them want to yeah. go on stage you know what i mean yeah there's uh, i and maybe it's been this way in every era but it feels like there are a lot of like potential attention seekers right now mm-hmm. so there are people that may calculate like hey if i interrupt this show you know it's going to result in people you know i'm going to get a positive response from that or Maybe they think they're going to end up on social media and, yeah, yeah. and they're well, going to be the person who again, owned the like comic. Like said, or, dude, the internet. It's like yeah. what happens. It's like yep. it's the only way to like really get your name out there. And that's like yeah. one of the craziest things like that I've been thinking about recently is like all these people who have been like doing all these shootings and stuff like that. Yeah. Like all these people who are like copycatting all these other guys are all writing these fucking books. That, I mean, I'm not reading them. Like, <laughs> like sure. So I don't know how effective you know what you think you're doing is or whatever but it's like these people yeah. like they're just in my head they're just seeking attention it's like maybe yeah. they are trying to do something but it's like there's i don't know dude there's yeah. too many people who are you know wanting to be out there a lot of them want to be famous they want to be like yeah. and i've heard now that a lot of people on these like chat rooms who are like getting into this stuff like they're like making it like competitions like people who are writing these messages out yeah. are like last guy got 10 i'm gonna get 15 or yep. whatever and it's like dude what is happening right now yeah yeah it's it's a pretty desperate circumstance for society considering that people are resulting to something that extreme in order to try and gain significance you know i i mean which is nuts I, it's crazy yeah i it, it makes you wonder how we could modify things so that that thought process isn't as pervasive in society. Um, but then also like there's, you know, other practical steps, which should be part of the equation, which mm-hmm. aren't really like politically viable because of the, the way our democracy operates right now. Um, but, but yeah, I think the attention seeking piece, like if there's, do you think it'd be effective if the media, um, you know, put that policy back in place where they just don't give the person's names or something along those lines? Maybe. I think that would probably work. I think yeah. something else that would probably work is that, like, I don't know, like, you could do, like, breaking news. This thing mm-hmm. just happened. 
But yeah. I think that we also need to like wait before we give information out. Like right right away. Because I think like what happens nowadays is because of social media, you yeah. get information immediately. Yeah. And it's not always right information. It's very so true. then you go, you know, and this ha- this has happened to at least uh, you know, happens to Fox News, but I watch more of CNN. It's like yeah. it's it, over the past few years CNN does that shit all the time. Yeah. Someone will post, "Oh, this thing happened at this park." and or whatever, and then they'll cover it and then you find out, "Well, that's not what happened." Or these yeah. kids are getting angry at this Native American person and it's like, "Well, that's not what happened." And you're yeah. like, you know, then you're like, well, you know, we, we tell all of our, you know, our parents and stuff like that, you know, they say, don't believe what you see on TV. It's like, don't yeah. believe everything that you see on social media. Yeah. And then it's like, it, that stuff just ends up on TV, which is still fake. Yeah. So it's like, I don't yeah. know. I try to be very careful, especially on TikTok, because, you know, it's owned by China. So it's like, yeah. how do I know that any of the videos that I'm seeing about, like, the Russia and Ukraine war that mm-hmm. are from civilians how do i know that that's them how do i know that i'm not seeing old war footage yeah. how do i know that i'm even seeing ukraine right now i've never been to ukraine i don't fucking know what it looks like so how do i know that the videos that i'm being shown are you know real at all you know what i mean well not real but you yeah. know what i mean like in ukraine or happening today or whatever no, yeah because a lot of them are from like stills from movies yeah like yeah. and I and I and I that happens a lot too where there's like like uh like they'll have a picture like news stations will sometimes like be, have like a picture yeah. uh that like was like months before the thing that they're talking about is like happened or whatever like so it's yeah. like they'll be like oh a fire at this house uh, over here and then they'll put like a picture of like a burning dollar general or something like that like yeah. stupid oh, stuff yeah. like that and it's like how yeah. do you, like you well, can't connect any information I mean like because of the the capitalist nature of our society all media is market driven on some level yeah you know so like they're all just responding to incentives um and you know cable news generally has uh incentive to push a particular type of narrative and then independent media has their incentives to push a well, particular type is there a way to fix that um well i mean you could so like in a lot of european countries uh they'll have um publicly funded uh, news networks that are the the main information purveyors in in the country. Um, we have that uh, in the form of something like PBS, but it's not as well funded. It's not a, it's not propped up as much. Yeah. Um, and so you could do something along those lines, which would you know <coughs> then uh, non privatize uh, the broadcast media. Um, but then again, maybe that somehow offends like our constitutional principles and values yeah. and. That would have to be an analysis that that would be done. That's interesting. Yeah, because I think about I think about that stuff a lot. Uh, that's that's, that's mm-hmm. the type of stuff that I think about. Is like, yeah. how do like because if a lot of this stuff is like motivated mm-hmm. by greed, it's motivated by all this shit. How do we? How yeah. do we fix it? Because I don't think yeah. by I don't think the solution to fixing it is taking things away or. Oh, right. you can't own a news station anymore. You can't do this anymore, or right. whatever. I don't think that that's the solution. Yeah, because I, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say uh, when it becomes compelled, that's when you're starting to look at um, a more you know structured like you know attempt at like communism or socialism yeah. or something something along those lines. Um, 
But, uh, uh, oh, man, I just lost my train of thought because I'm still <laughs> super stoned. I'm, I'm doing my best, man, but I'm like sentence to sentence. This, is, so this just, is almost like someone who's eating hot wings. He's like, yeah, he's like trying yeah. to get through. Ugh, my, thro- uh, my throat's finally feeling a lot better, but, the man, the pot kicked in hard. Yeah, dude. I, hey, I'm, I'm glad that your throat feels better, though. <laughs> it, it, it does. Way better. <laughs> it was burning like hell there for a little bit. That's so hilarious. But, uh, okay, but it, I know we were talking about, oh, how do you correct – um, people's impulse toward greed and self-interest yeah. and all of that. I mean, I guess all you can really do is create like better incentive structures and try and do it within the capitalist system. Um, because I, I don't, it's almost like um, that old uh, um, Winston Churchill quote where he says, uh, democracy is the uh, um, worst system of government except for all the others. You know, I think it's like kind of like that with uh, our economic system. I mean, capitalism is the worst economic system except for all the others and so i guess if you can change the incentive structure within the system then maybe that's a potential um avenue yeah um well what about what do you think man what have you concluded so far in analyzing that um i don't know i think uh something that i thought about because uh a lot of the problems that i think that i i think that our country has yeah in my true honest opinion is because we've turned into an information service technology society I kind of moved away from manufacturing yeah, and yeah, agriculture yeah. so yeah. i think that the only way to melody this yeah because the only reason that these tech companies are so big is because they have all of our data is that we need to find some sort of way that like either one bring manufacturing back yeah or two we need to like figure something out that gets like the money to the people from these tech companies because yeah. like, there is kind of an unfair trade-off happening right now and i think that yeah. like they're not being as honest about how unfair the trade-off is you know what i yeah. mean like the fact that i can watch 10 videos and then that tells somebody and you know Washington state that they have to buy a, you know, washing and or washer and dryer or something like that. Like, I don't know how the algorithm fucking works, like how like videos that I watch affect him and, Oh, he was at my house. So now his phone reads my phone and now it's going to recommend you on TikTok and yeah. all that bullshit. It's like, like, you know, they're doing a lot of stuff that, you know, we, have consented to but we have no idea what's actually happening you know what i mean so i think that in my opinion the only solution yeah at least for where we're at if we're going to stay in information and service technology society or whatever yeah is that we need to get money from the tech companies because i i think that that's the only solution because i think and i think that they're making enough money to do so so if you were to and you you would do this probably through taxation, right? Like getting um, money from the tech companies or, um, or I don't know exactly how I would do it. I think yeah. if I were going to do it, I would have it like, like literally individual payouts to like citizens. Gotcha. Because like yeah. at this point, Facebook is the size of a country, right? You know what I mean? Right. The amount of people that it has on its servers. Like if we treated the internet space, mm-hmm. like we treat like, uh, you know, geographical, you know, land or whatever, sure, like, you know, the sure. internet space is a lot bigger or whatever, but like they own a lot of it. And it's like, yeah, 
it's like, are we just going to let you own all this land and like make people, you know, survive off of it for no reason? So yeah. like, you know, they do like, like, and this is like something that I've recently thought about, especially because like the Facebook reels, Instagram reels, TikTok, and everything, yeah. they are offering you money to get views. And it's like everybody who uses social media gets views on something. Right. So it's like, why can't we implement something for every single person? Like, obviously right. make it a way to where it's, like, tied to, like, a social... Whatever any country uses, like, identification number for an individual yeah. and just pay them for using the fucking app, for using Facebook, watching the videos, posting yep. videos, doing all the stuff. Because, like, you're kind of an employee if you're going on to these things and, like, boosting things by commenting and liking and stuff like that. You're doing, like, what a social media manager is doing right. on, like, other accounts. Right. So it's like, why aren't we getting paid for that time? Yeah, so it's almost like a redistributive approach, but it's targeted toward a specific industry. Yeah. So it's a, it's not even like, you'd think that that I think, would well, be- Well, I think we're yeah. just like working for free. Right yeah, now. yeah. That's what's sure. happening right now. Sure. I didn't say the other word, chill. No, I, I heard the, I heard the, I heard the- No, I mean, <laughs> that's just so true. Just like, true. like yeah. you know what I mean? Like. When you're looking yeah. at an ad, when you click on an ad, you know, or you are just scroll past an ad and you're looking at all this stuff, like yeah. they have the means, they have the money to do these things. Yeah, that's interesting. So essentially, as opposed to, a, you know, a, a sort of a taxation scheme or tax, a taxation structure that results in the tech companies, um, you know, giving more money to the government and then that being allocated more for like resources yeah. uh, to uh, you know, lower socioeconomic status communities. Um, basically, what what you're saying is this would be a creation of jobs, yeah. Because you're just transforming um, users uh, users into, into a, paid employees, a, a paid employees, um, and that would be one way to almost you're voluntarily, or well, I mean, you've already voluntarily, right, right, exactly. So you're um, like literally the only people actually losing anything in the trade off is them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, because yeah. you're already using Facebook that like and right. a lot of these, you know, and like when we're talking about lower, uh, you know, social economic people, right. a lot of these people who like do have phones who, you know, happen to have Wi-Fi, that's yeah. like a lot of the stuff that they're doing is like, cause they, you know, we, you know, when I was younger, I didn't have the money to like go out to the bowling alley with my friends. I didn't have the money to do that. So what yeah. I do, I stayed at home, played video games. I got on YouTube. I did all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's like what I would do as a child. So it's like, I feel like a lot of these people are on Facebook. They're taking videos of people, their friends posting them online. And yeah. it's like, why aren't they getting, you know, if they're getting, if they're, providing views for the uh, algorithm and they're, you know, pushing things in the direction yeah. it wants. Why aren't we getting paid for that? It's a, so in proposing this solution, is there like a consideration about the um, uh, like political feasibility? Cause, cause I think what's really interesting about it is that um, it may actually be like a bipartisan approach Yeah. because you, you, from a Republican perspective, they may be happy that, you're creating more jobs, like you're expanding the private sector technically yeah. by creating all these new employees. Um, and then on the Democratic side, there's a redis redistributive element yeah. about it um, where you're diminishing the, um, you know, the, what would you call it? The uh, omnipresence of like the, the tech companies yeah. or whatnot. Um, uh, dude, I think it's an interesting, 
That's an interesting, it's an interesting it's a, idea. It's an I interesting think it's, thought. Yeah. I think it's like something that like other people have also probably proposed, just like with the data aspect, just like with the idea like yeah. you going to certain places gives Instagram or all these other places. Like that's another aspect of it that yeah. needs to be in consideration. But I just think that people using the apps in general yeah. and getting you know, all sorts of stuff, like all these Facebook games that they create that people are playing and everything. And even like putting money into and stuff like that. It's like, there should be, you know, it is, it is metaverse for a reason now. Sure. You know what I mean? Because they are creating that thing. So my, my argument is, is that if you're going to create a country, then you got to play ball like a country. You can't sure. be a country within a country like the Vatican and be like, oh, I'm just protected from everything, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Especially yeah. if you have fucking eight or I don't know how many people, probably like three billion people on there. That's oh, yeah. Probably, I would assume Facebook's probably got like three billion. Look that up. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be up there. But all I know is that like if there's that many people, let's say let's say they have four billion accounts. Yeah. Let's say two billion of them are actual people or have double accounts or whatever. Let's say that there's point nine billion. Okay. Wow. So let's say one point five, just for the sake of being nice to them. Yeah. Let's just say there's one point five billion people, you know in the metaverse. Yeah, in the metaverse right yeah. now. Okay. Like, you know, how many of those people are poor? How many of those people are lower you know, yeah. social, economical, you know, ladder or whatever? It's yeah. like Okay. So yeah, one point wow. five is like. To be okay. So wow. yeah. So there. So there you go. So it's like, if we have that many people, how many of those people are actually poor? You know what I mean? Right. And it's like if they're all using that, you know, all these poor people in China or people who are living in all these remote places that are either using Facebook or whatever social media aspect that they're using to get in contact with all these other people, like, mm-hmm. they should be getting paid. Yeah, for their data, yeah. for their shit, and I think that it's like not too much to ask. These companies have probably close to trillions of dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that would be a real paradigm shift, man. That would be a restructuring of the whole economic system and the process. You yeah, know? and and, well, uh, and yeah. it's also would get rid of uh, the idea of. Uh, what's it called uh, the stimulus checks or like uh the constant oh, uh, ubi like yeah. uh universal basic income yeah yeah because now the government doesn't have to provide for something that somebody else isn't providing yeah because yeah. that's the only reason why the government ever has to provide for something is because that's somebody right. else isn't offering it to them so the only reason the yeah. government would have to give us free money is because wherever that money is going yeah. isn't coming to us anyways exactly so it's like yeah. cut out the middleman because I think the government would fuck it up anyways, yeah. And just make fucking Facebook pay it, pay us. It's like they already yeah. have a lot of our payment accounts to take money from us. Yeah, it's just as easy to send it. Yeah, I wonder if the tech companies would modify their business model, uh, like super super quickly in order to try and get around that. You yeah, know? maybe. Like, I don't know. Uh, but it, it would but at, at the least, same time, yeah. if we talked about like, you know, pricing or, you know, because it's like, you know, we're not asking for a billion dollars, but like, yeah. let's talk about what is a feasible amount to pay people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, if, cause who knows, like if you do this, 
you could potentially increase usage because now oh, people yeah, are like, sure. oh shit, Facebook is paying me to like get views and likes and stuff like that. You yep. know, just crack down on bots like you have been, you know, just make it like a real person thing and just, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like a lot of us spend our time online now anyway. So if we're going to be spending our time scrolling and clicking likes and stuff like that, fucking pay us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it, that idea, man. I mean, Dude, it's super interesting. It's yeah. fucking right out of fucking, <laughs> he used to, you used to write speeches for like political figures, didn't you? Or uh, political figures? Um, there was a little bit of that going on. I was mainly like a campaign operative, okay. you know? So I was basically just like uh, trying to, you know, help uh, execute like a field plan. Yeah, for the candidate. All right, so we um, can do this. You could execute yeah. uh, execute my field plan. I'll run for president. <laughs> yeah. 2036, I think, is probably <laughs> when I'll be able to run. There you but go. there you go. I think, yeah, we can make this happen. Fucking, I'm cool with that. Yeah, dude, we're going to make yeah. tech companies pay people <laughs> for using their apps. Is that something that you came up with uh, with just kind of like thinking about politics and like current events? or? Um, um, I really hate... Uh, <laughs> It's kind of. I really uh, dislike the cynicism within the socialist and com communist communities. Oh sure, yeah. So like, because I used to be very along those lines. I used to be like uh, yeah. when I was like so dumb and didn't know shit about anything. Yeah. I was like very communist. Same I here. Was, I was yeah. like, dude, communism's where it's at. <laughs> Everybody needs to get everything. I should yeah. have to just fucking sit at home and eat and do nothing. Like, and yeah. that's but that's like how I thought about it. And then yeah. as I grew older, I was like, you know, probably a little bit more socialist, I guess. But now it's like yeah. I'm, I'm like free market You're capitalist questioning everything. I'm like, of, dude, yeah. no, dude, like give me the freedom because it's yeah. like I don't trust anybody else to do the thing that I need to be done. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, why do I have to trust somebody to like tell me what doctor I should go to or whatever? You know what I mean? There's yeah. A, and don't get me wrong. With that being said, there's a lot of like con artists. There's a lot yeah. of fucking, you know, Grifters doctors that aren't going to be fucking great that, yeah. you know, are going to offer, you know, but at the same time, it's like, I feel like there's things. That, oh, sorry. <laughs> I feel like there's things that we can figure out. Like, I yeah. just think that, that, you know, a lot of the problems I think that we have in this country stem from the amount of regulations that we have. Yeah. Because now in order to do anything, you have to be a billion dollar corporation. Yeah. And by that time, you're just fucking everybody already. So now you're able to break the system because now you're allowed to do it. And it's yeah. like, I don't think it's fair. I think that like if Elon Musk mm. and his mm. company get to, you know, mm. mine for minerals, I should yeah. be able to go and pick up some fucking rocks and try right. to make a cell phone myself. I should be able yeah. to do that without being like, oh, you don't have a you know, radio license to broadcast right. your cell phone signal. Right. Like it should be a real meritocracy uh -huh. basically where you don't have such stringent barriers to entry that you get, you know, very, a few companies monopolizing every exactly. industry. And that's and that's yeah. what's happening. And, it, yep. and that happens regardless if you have capitalism or communism because it's like it's going to monopolize yeah. under communism because it has to be a centralized thing and it's going to monopolize yeah. under full-blown capitalism because then it's just become oligarchy everyone's yeah. by like disney disney's the biggest fucking corporate like literally yeah. the biggest corporation in the fucking world they yeah. own everything they yep. own like they now own marvel they now own fucking uh you know 
everything. They fucking own everything. I don't know what they don't yeah. own. Pixar, like everything that like I remember being separate from Disney yeah. is now Disney. Fox uh, Sports, I think, is Disney or some yeah. shit like that. Dude, there's, it's crazy, and that should yeah. be allowed too. But I don't know how to fix that either. It's like, yeah, that's a that's a tough one to regulate because it kind of goes back to that like Pareto principle, law of nature, where like anytime you have an endeavor, like eighty percent of the re- results will go to like 20% of the participants, yeah. you know, it's kind of a natural, uh, a natural law that exists. And so the question is like, how do you, because what can happen is maybe 80, 20 is the, maybe that statistic is the way that nature naturally unfolds, but through incumbency, you can get an outcome even worse than that. You can get equality, ex- ex- inequality exist, exacerbated that much more. Um, and so maybe the question is, how do you like impose some structure so that it's, you know, that whatever the breakdown is in terms of inequality, it's where it should be nature wise. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any, I'm dude, still super no, high. I'm no, still no, trying. No, this, is, this is perfect. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, fucking Kevin, you have any fucking shows coming up soon that you want to plug and plug right now? Um, well, yeah, there's a, a few things coming up. Uh, I'm not sure when the, the podcast will come out, but the big one is um, uh, August 27th. Okay. Um, It'll be out before then. So Awesome, awesome, man. August 27th? Um, yeah, August 27th, uh, Bricky's Comedy Club uh, yeah. in Miamisburg. Um, adding a new club to that scene is going to be really awesome. And, we didn't even fucking oh. talk about it, but hell yeah. Maybe oh, t- yeah, Tell thanks. us a little bit, just a little bit, like a little clip bit about what you can tell us. Yeah, so so Bricky's Comedy Club is an idea that I thought about um, a little over a year ago. Um, or actually, no, it's less than a year because it, um, yeah, it was probably like September um, of last year. Um, and uh, it's just an idea to create a, a new comedy club uh, that has this sort of Bricky's character as like a mascot for the brand or whatnot um and then the pieces have started falling in place i've had a lot of help from uh you know the midwest comedy tour um becky and austin yep they're awesome and uh so we're kind of partnering uh together to try and bring this to fruition and uh yeah the first first show is august 27th um 7 p.m and you guys are starting this as a monthly thing right uh, yeah, it's going to start out monthly, um, and, and see where it goes. Yeah, and we have some flexibility to scale up if we end up selling out, like the first show, for example. We'll have additional shows to add. Um, so for the most part, it'll be one weekend a month, at least initially, and then uh, down the line, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll grow. Yeah, hopefully it becomes a weekly thing. So really yep. quick, uh, what's with the brickies? What? Mm-hmm. Why is that the mascot? Is there like is there like a pun? Um, so actually, uh, the the way that that came about was I was talking to uh, my my girlfriend at the time. I was talking to her dad, and um, we were discussing um, potential uh, businesses. You know, because uh, he uh, he ran a masonry business for decades. Um, and I was talking about you know I've got all this student debt. Um, Tiffany has a lot of student debt as well. And so how do I um, potentially start a business in order to you know um, make some financial headway? Um, and because we were talking about his business and masonry, and I started to think about the old brick wall comedy clubs back in the '80s um, and how that would you know kind of connect and be homage to that. Um, I was like, well, let's just make it like a brick, like a anthropomorphized brick that you know is. Uh, um, is the started his own comedy club. Uh, well, it's going to be out of Star City Brewing, or, uh, which actually is made out of brick, okay, incidentally. So, okay, um, hell yeah. But, uh, I was going to say, it would yeah. be really awkward if it was like just straight stone. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. If it was like something totally, yeah, totally <laughs> the opposite. Like... But uh, 
but no, yeah, there's uh, there's quite a, a bit of brick in that structure. And uh, so, yeah, brickyscomedyclub.com or well, uh, um, brickyscomedy.com is where people can get tickets. Hell yeah, dude. And, uh, it should be fun, man. Dude, I'm looking exciting. forward to it. And then uh, what's your Instagram or other uh, your other social media platforms where people can find you? Um, yeah, well, again, I'm, I'm pretty high right now, so I'm trying to remember them. But uh, it's at uh, Kev Rupert is um, my uh, TikTok handle. Um, K Rupert 89 is, uh, my Twitter. And then Instagram is, uh, Kevin Rupert comedy. I think, oh, yeah. I think I got them. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 And hopefully not, they're correct. I'll have them in the description. Awesome. So, Thanks yeah, man. Yeah, no problem, dude. Uh, we'll make sure that we get the link to the brickies guys. Remember you guys can support the podcast through anchors listener system. Uh, thanks for listening. I have a show. I, this probably won't be out by Friday, but tomorrow, but, uh, I have a show tomorrow that's going <laughs> to be happening. Is it be half baked brewing? I'm going to be hosting a show and then I'm doing a show fucking July 29th. Yep. Bach family brewing. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be a great time guys. Thanks for listening. This was Kevin Rupert. We'll see you next time.